I'm Lights Camera Jackson. Welcome to the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. One of the first big animated movies of the year, a terrific film, The Amazing Maurice. It is in theaters nationwide on February 3rd. It's also going to be screening at the Sundance Film Festival beginning this Sunday, January 22nd. Joining me, director Toby Genkel. Toby, welcome to the LCJ Q&A. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. Ah, and so excited that this is at Sundance. It's really cool in person starting Sunday the 22nd, available to watch at home online from the 24th through the 30th. How does it feel to have this be a part of one of the biggest film festivals in the world? Almost surreal, to be honest. Um, um, really exciting, really honored, and um, really pleased. Really, I have to say, we couldn't believe it in the first place because I was told it's very hard to get an animation film into Sundance, but here we are. So it's really great, really awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I also have to congratulate you on the BAFTA long list recognition. Oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> no <laughs> pressure. Of, yeah. One of the eight finalists for the best animated film honor for the BAFTA. That's that's a huge honor. That's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what to say. Like I was saying, it's surreal. It all comes like tumbling down. But it's a very nice, of course, kind of like pressure that we feel there. Well, the the movie is made, so there's no more pressure on us. It's just like being exciting, having an all there. How the, will the people react? So far, they reacted very nicely. So we are uh, very pleased and honored, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah, I have to say, I watched the movie about a week and a half ago, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed you. so many, you're welcome, so many aspects of it when it comes to the visuals, but also the way you present the story. So we'll get into a lot of that. It is based on Terry Pratchett's 2001 book. There is a mischievous cat teaming up with some humans and some animal friends. They get to a town. There's a food problem. There's a rat problem. There's a villain problem. What really um, inspired you to get into the world of the late Terry Pratchett and this story? Well, it, it's uh, to be honest, it was like the um, the book was uh, uh, was offered like if I want to do it or if I'm interested. So it was not that much me saying like I want to do Terry Pratchett. Um, um, so it was the producer asking me, but you know, if you read that book, you don't need long to think about it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. pure genius. It's an amazing story. And all you want to do is put it on screen. And uh, right after I had the chance to uh, read the script of uh, Terry Rossio, who wrote a really, really good script about it. You know, it's not easy to turn Pratchett into a movie. It's never easy to turn a book into a movie. It's always a, a hard thing to make. But he did a really, really great job. There, Very, very good decisions to make because it's, certain things are not easy to do. So I was basically, you know, more than ready to go, you know, very excited. You know, mm. I have to admit, you know, you have to admit it's like that the name Pratchett, of course, is a certain weight on your shoulders. Like I said, hey, no pressure. <laughs> You know, so there was this sort of like beside the big excitement and the honor to do it. And like we w- worked hard on getting the chance on get the rights for any um, Pratchett book. Since the, the producer I worked with is trying this since a long time. But um, when it's finally there, you go like, oh my God, we finally did it then. But then you also go like, oh, there's a certain kind of intimidation there going like, you know, mixed feelings. That's what yeah. I'm saying, you know, yeah. but of course all in a very positive way, you know. But if you say to Pratchett, all right, here's your chance. <laughs> don't, don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you do so well with it. You succeed Thank you. with it in so many different ways. And Maurice is really, truly, unlike any cinematic animated cat I've ever seen, just his vibe, his his 
edge, his attitude, his slick sort of confidence? How did you want to approach presenting Maurice to audiences who, who may not be familiar with this character? Well, when, when reading the script and the book, we realized already that this, it's beside Maurice, they're very original characters there that you have not seen like exactly like that. You know, it's like, again, it's an honor to Terry Pratchett and, and Rossi to create these kind of characters. Um, uh, when you read them, when you read the script, you want, you can't wait to get them on screen. In, in a way, when you think about like, how do a, well, like, I, we really tried to keep them as original as we possibly could, because, you know, don't, don't change it. Why, why changing it if it's perfect? You know, I already said once, you know, when I start reading the novel and saying like, what really has to be in the film? Right. And I start marking lines on pages. Then you end up marking pages and pages and pages because it's so good. I mean, you know, and then you, you realize, oh my God, as we have to lose stuff, we cannot do it all. But then again, you said like, then you hope, hope, I hope we choose the right stuff. But because every line is so great, it's always the right choice to make, isn't it? <laughs> no, it makes it sound very easy. It really is not. But what I'm saying is we really were standing on the shoulder of a giant there called Terry Pratchett. So, um, um, and it was just like so great emotion, um, um, yeah, emotional and uh, original characters that we actually decided like, let's not change them. Let's try to, con how do you call it, conserve, um, um, you know, keep the spirit of Pratchett and try somehow to get it on screen. Like the, the original Morris, who is a, it's probably what you're referring to. He's quite sarcastic and mean and like a cat, like aloof. You never know what he, what's, you know. Yes. But yes. I'm, I'm unpredictable for sure. Yes. Absolutely unpredictable. And, and, and he does not respect the rats and like, and then, and then boy, how he comes around at the end, mm. you know, again, for a director, I mean, of course, it's a gift from, from heaven, like having a, such a full circle character there. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's really, really well done. So it's like, like I said, you know, let's go really mean in the beginning because we knew we have an excellent script, you mm -hmm. know, he will come around. So, so the bigger circle is, the more the people will involve. So we had great fun with uh, having him like being mean and, uh, and uh, intransparent. Yeah, and Hugh Laurie embodying that. Oh, we've, boy. <laughs> we've, heard, we've heard Hugh Laurie in Arthur Christmas and Monsters vs. Aliens and Stuart Little. He's he's one of the most talented uh, British voice actors uh, working in the biz today. I, I, I'm, I'm, forgive me, I'm lacking the words to describe how cool Hugh Laurie is. You know, he, um, I was such an admirer and, and fan since the beginning. I can tell you that Hugh Laurie was part of the original, original character briefing that I wrote probably three years ago wow. to give it to the original first uh, character designer saying like, who is Maurice? And by describing him, I said like, there's a lot of Dr. House in uh, uh, Maurice. Yeah. There's a lot of the early, uh, like, like uh, Hugh Laurie, that nobody is playing this aloof arrogance, you know, like, like this guy. You know, but there's always some undertone to it that makes you love him anyway, which yeah. is a very delicate thing to make. Uh, like, yeah, it was a really such a yeah great job from the casting guys to get him on board. Yeah, he, he's terrific in this. And and really what is so cool about the film from the get go is this sort of self-aware nature that we have mm -hmm. with the story within the story and and how that all is. 
Tell me about what you wanted to do as far as getting us into it and, and presenting the story in the story and, and sort of the self-aware beats that we have as the movie goes on. Well, the trick was, this is how Militia was con designed by Terry Pratchett. Mm. She is, it, it's really quite close to the novel that she is self-aware about the storytelling there. So, and it is such a cool character that you know she is telling her own story and because it's her own story of course there has to be a happy end and by that doing all the right things there you know it's it's just it's so awesome like like because like it's not that easy we shouldn't really be doing don't try this at home i have to say now <laughs> you know you should just walk over the street and say like okay imagine it will be fine well, well you better look left and right <laughs> you know it's not like what she does so and then of course as filmmakers we enjoy it I bet. You know, the film and film kind of idea. But that said, it's a delicate thing to make. You know, you have to be careful. People could be get quite easily annoyed by it. Or, if, you know, it's a, something like an ongoing inside joke that, that the audience can feel excluded by it. Right. Oh, there's the film guys just talks to other film guys. He's not making a story for us. And again, what Terry Pratchett and Terry Rossio did so well is, is that she is, this is just something that drives the story her love for story it's what drives the story so mm. we don't do it for the sake of it it's a key momentum of the story you know the, oh, yeah. the story and story idea yeah. and that's why it's it, it everybody is it's just it's it's fun and everybody accept this as a, a motor yes and and you have a lot of fun with it and i think it'll open kids eyes and parents eyes to what you can do with storytelling how you can twist up fairy tales in this sort of way uh yeah. the way you present that and militia also has the best giant purple chair i mean right from the get-go <laughs> wow that is just just so cool i've got yeah. toby genko here with me on the lcj q a podcast the amazing maurice is in theaters february 3rd screens at sundance starting this sunday january the 22nd Part of what you do with the structure of the movie and the inside references is you have some jabs at Peter Rabbit. They are bold. Wow. I, I loved kind of the fearlessness that you take with that and some of the other aspects of this movie. Those Peter Rabbit jabs are, are very funny. Yeah. And they also, um, thank you, but they're also like part of the original book. Those Peter, that like they actually refers to Beatrice Potter. Mm who's actually probably what Peter Rabbit got inspired by. I'm not quite sure, but it's if you look at her illustrations, they're yeah. very, very old. Yeah. And, I th and we, we thought, like, this is probably what, uh, um, uh, what we refer to. Yes. And it's like, um, 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 yeah, and these parts, these little parts, they're also part of the novel, giving you a very weird kind of, like, what is the framing device. Because these little parts, they don't tell you exactly where the story goes to. It's quite mysterious mm. you know ominous in a way but also in a very funny way yeah. you know the what we of course did is like we went over cute and over like trying to sugarcoat sugar <laughs> in a way you know because i we were absolutely you know we thought like of course there's the wink there the way right terry pratchett used these little things like also to say like look the rats believe this you know, and we as the audience know, well, hey, guys, it might not be real. Right. But, well, that's exactly the point. Now. They have to learn in a very painful way. Right. Later. Right. And, and so was it interesting for you to, because those sequences are hand-drawn, was it yes. interesting for you to 
uh, oversee basically CG production and hand-drawn production when it came to this movie. Yeah, it was awesome to to mix those styles. Mm. I mean, that's that's always great. But also to 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 say, like, I have to say, you know, we didn't mix styles for the sake of it. So, oh, I love two D. Let's do it. You know, I, I I I'm doing this for a long time, so I did two D in the in the past. But it was just like it has to be this way. The style was set by the story. So, um, and and this is of course always the best if the story demands it. To, to go down that way. And of course, it was great to open the film and it has a completely different style. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the film, the first couple of minutes, not to spoil too much, you get ex somehow recorded like three different slaps in the face. <laughs> that We have the fade in and it's very 2D and over romantic, beyond Disney suite. Mm -hmm. And then we suddenly, it goes boom, we are in a 3D world in this weird room with this weird girl <laughs> talking a lot. And then suddenly, boom, we get this, how do you call it? Hugh Laurie rap thing. <laughs> you know, it's like we people go like, like, okay, where's this going? But at least we were sure of one thing. We have people's attention there. Yes. <laughs> you had my attention right oh, from the get-go. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I love, I mean, we, we get so many different locations. I really admired the different locations we go to. We have a sewer system, the old-fashioned town, indoors, outdoors, what was key for you as far as making the locations work for the story and for the characters? Well, here's the again, thing. We start, it always comes from the script mm. and who are the characters, and this will define what the location is. Mm. So, and we basically, we did this for everything. Look at Melissa's room. You know, she's a, a bookworm, I think you call it. Yes. Right? Yes. A bookworm. So, and oh, she's done reading, 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 and she's reading so much that she's, locked out of her room wow. so we said like oh okay this is crazy so it must be somehow a crazy room so but then of course we, okay it kind of must be in the attic because she will hide up there and then we said like basically the room is made of books because she reads so much and then yeah. basically one thing came to the next and then you see like it's a she's during the film she's in all kinds of places and because she's narrating so much we mm -hmm. said like, we cannot just have her sit in this chair and just read it might be just be get boring uh, so, right. so we decided there must be more options there so it just it all just started adding up you know when it comes to the sewers we we said like you know as as the movie goes on you know the world you know the problem for the reds gets bigger and bigger the problems get heavier and heavier everything tightens around them so when you see it you will see the sewers get smaller and tighter and narrower and darker as the movie moves on and at the end you will see you know, they hardly have really have to squeeze through it. At the beginning, it's quite, you know, so it's like we always use this as a language and also to say like, like yeah, so to visualize, you know, the, 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 um, the problem of the rats. What do you think makes a good hero in animated films and cinematic storytelling? A big theme of this movie is what it means to be a hero. What does that mean to you as a storyteller for animated films? Well, oh, thank God. Oh, thanks heavens. Thanks anything, you know. Thankfully, there's many heroes and all kinds of, and we don't have to decide on one. We can choose a new one on every film. I think that's very important. So there, I don't really have a, um, um, any, um, a favorite kind of hero. But I have to say, for example, we talked about Maurice and Melissa. The real hero in this film is Keith. To yeah. 
you know, Pied Piper, the, our, our version the, is Pied Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but he he really isn't. You know, he is the, right. the you know the the I think in the in the novel he's called the the, the stupid looking kid, and it really isn't because you are totally under underestimate him. Is that the word? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, what he, he can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then how he he's growing to the occasion, rising to the occasion. I think mm. it's called. And you know, it's it's like this is the kind of hero I like best. You know, it's like then then he realizes. You know, he has he has he needs a little nudge. But here's the thing: he always says he you know he doesn't want to go along, and he he feels like he's a coward. But here's the thing: that's what he says. But what he does is he goes along. He faces every danger. That's what he does. He's scared all the time, but he does it yeah. anyway. And isn't that what really heroism also means? Is you know mm -hmm. you can be afraid, you know, but it doesn't stop you, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, so the and at the end, of course, I really like. It's not about violence. I hope I'm not spoiling anything, <laughs> but the idea, of course, it's not the the, the solution. It's not violence. Right. It's another one. Yes. You know. So that, of course, that we we worked very hard on that to get ac that across. Yeah, you, you do a you do a great job with with the third act and where we go with it. And I, I really think families are going to invest themselves in this. What's really interesting is that with Viva Kids and Viva Pictures releasing this in North America on February 3rd, it's during a time when not a lot of genuine family or animated movies are going to be released in theaters. Here is this fantastic option for families. What does it mean to you to be kind of serving this need in these last few years as theaters have been trying to make a comeback and studios are questioning whether animated films should be in theaters. What does it mean to you to have this movie be out for families during a very interesting time? Well, thank you for saying that, yeah. <laughs> that this movie is different. This is at least how I got you. I, I find it hard to judge my, my own work. And, and of course, it's important, you know, I'm speaking on behalf on a great team. I mean, um, this goes with all the words, you know, I'm, I'm just the, the, the herald here, the... <laughs> I'm just representing uh, awesome people, um, but of course, you know, if if we have managed to to make a film that is special, then I'm more than happy. You know, it's like, um, and, and I hope we did. I hope you. We hope you're right, and and we hope, of course, we hope to find a broad audience there. Yeah, I, I think you will. This movie will continue to get out there this winter and spring, and with the awards and film festival recognition, is is fantastic for a very. Yes. Cool, unique spin on fairy tale stories with great voice performances and animation and, and a cool story. Uh, thank you, Toby Genkel, for being here on the LCJ Q&A today. For thank all you so much. Amazing, Maurice. It was great talking with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I am Lates Camera Jackson. For more of these LCJ Q&A podcast episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lights-camera-jackson.com. The Amazing Maurice in theaters February 3rd. If you want to watch it at home through Sundance, you've got that Sundance at home program. It starts uh, January 24th through the 30th. I am Lights Camera Jackson.